So today I want to talk about developing a warfare mindset spiritually. I'm talking about your spiritual walk with the Lord, your prayer life, how you approach your, your walk with Jesus. And I want to talk about developing a warfare mindset. I mean the mindset of a warrior. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that He might destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. You know, every great corporation should have a mission statement. Every great church or nonprofit should have a great mission statement. Even families and marriages have mission statements. And as I look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, I think that is the mission statement of Jesus. He came from heaven to earth to destroy the works of the enemy. He came to pronounce judgment on Satan's kingdom. You see, we were born in a battlefield. We were born in a battle zone, a battle between good and evil, a battle between light and darkness, a battle between the kingdom of God and the realm of Satan. It's interesting, as you study the Bible, you'll see that Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. Jesus called him three times in the book of John the ruler, the ruler of this age, the ruler of this world. And then there's this interesting passage where Satan actually tempts Jesus in the temptations in the wilderness that you read about in the Gospels. And one of those temptations was when Satan took Jesus up into a high mountain and let him look out over the kingdoms of the earth. And he said, listen, all of these are in my authority to give you if you'll just bow down and worship me. And of course, Jesus refused that and defeated Satan in that temptation, quoted the word, and and had victory. But it's always amazed me that Satan had the authority to offer to him the kingdoms of the earth. So in some regard, Satan had some power, some authority to operate in in the earth realm. In fact, in the book of John, in those three instances where Jesus calls him a ruler, the Greek term used is archon. And in the ancient Greek, it was used for someone who was the chief ruler of a Greek city-state. So the ruling archon is a powerful term. And Jesus called Satan that, a ruler, an archon, a ruler of this present age. But Jesus came that he might destroy his works and that he might pull down the ruler of this age and destroy, strike the blow of defeat and death and destruction to the kingdom of Satan, which means joy for you and joy for me, which means victory for us, those of us who follow the Lord. I want to read you a passage in the book of Luke. Jesus shows up and he goes to a synagogue, and there he sees a lady who is bent over, who's been bent over for 18 years and can't raise herself up. And the Bible says Jesus heals this lady, and she is able to raise up and stand perfectly straight. And after he does that, the ruler of the synagogue was upset at him because this happened on the Sabbath, and according to the ancient sabbatic, uh, sabbatical laws and the, the rabbinic fence around the sabbatical law, that you weren't supposed to do anything like this on the Sabbath. And Jesus comes back, and he tells the, the ruler of the synagogue, he says, you hypocrite. 
Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his donkey or ox from the stall and lead it away to water it? He said, So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, be loosed from her infirmities? I think there's a couple key phrases there. First of all, he said this lady was a daughter of Abraham. And I, I, I just can't help but think Jesus was linking this daughter back to the covenant of Abraham that the Jews had with God, that this is a covenant. She's a covenant woman, and part of the covenant was, according to Deuteronomy 28, that they would walk in blessing. So why shouldn't she receive a blessing on the Sabbath day. And the second thing he says is this is one whom Satan has bound. And what did Jesus do? He came to overturn the works of Satan and set that lady free. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good, healing all those oppressed of the devil. So the oppression was identified not as an act of God, but as coming from the devil. And I just want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you today not to think of the the circumstances you're going through or maybe the sicknesses you're facing as just the sovereign act of God in your life. Because if you look at the New Testament and look at really the first six to 800 years of the church, which we call the patristic period, that those leaders and those saints in those days really didn't have that perspective of, of, of this extreme sovereignty that everything we're going through, God has caused or God has decreed. But they were looking at it more with a warfare mindset that God has given us the victory, but it's up to us to exercise our faith, to pray and believe, to live holy lives, to push further in our walk with God and in our discipleship. And as we do that, we receive answers to prayer. We receive deliverances. We receive healings. And we do see miracles happen as we push on in and develop a warfare mindset. Oh, hallelujah. We develop a warfare mindset. So I'm going to give you three ways to develop a warfare mindset in your Christian walk. Number one is you must not accept the report of the enemy. Don't accept the report of the enemy because Satan is our enemy. He's the satanas. He's the Satan who is the opposer. He comes to oppose us. He comes to, uh, he comes to degrade us. He comes to charge against us before the throne of God. Don't accept his report of your life or your future. Satan doesn't know your future. Only God knows your future. That's why it's ridiculous to go see a palm reader or a spiritualist to try to figure out your future. They're operating by a familiar spirit, which is demonic, and they can maybe tap into the spirit realm, and maybe Satan knows your past. He knows all the bad, and he knows all the stuff you've done, but he does not know your future. Only God holds your future, thank God, and God has a good future for you. So I'm telling you when, you, when you look at the report of the enemy, don't accept his negative report. He's going to come and he's going he's to bring fear and he's going to bring isolation to you and he's going to bring depression and he's going to bring anxiety to you and he's going to emphasize the negatives and how you can't make it. I want you to reject that and say, no, even though you, maybe an authority in your life is coming giving you a bad report, you say, okay. I understand that. These are the facts. But I have a higher authority in my life. It's the Word of God. It's what God has spoken.
spoken over my life, and this authority trumps any other authority in my life. For example, if you're wrestling with sickness and disease and you've been diagnosed and received a bad diagnosis, those are facts and they're very real and they were spoken to you by an authority that that we respect. However, I encourage you to then start doing warfare and prayer. Start praying and say, God, now I take the higher authority of your word and I declare it over my life and I'm going to pray that you do your wonders in my life and I'm just going to trust you by faith and walk on by faith. Hallelujah. Develop a warfare mindset. Don't accept the report of the enemy. Don't accept the report of the enemy. You know, in the Bible, in the book of Numbers, the, the, the children of Israel were trying to get to the promised land, the Canaan land. But before they went in, Moses, their leader, sent out 12 spies to spy out the promised land and to come back with a report. Is this feasible? Can we take the promised land? And as they came back with this report, 10 of them came back with the report, we can't do it. There's no way. There are giants in the land. We look like little grasshoppers in their sight. But two men came back with a faith report. Two men came back with a positive report. Their names were Joshua and Caleb. And when they came back, they said, guys, we are more than able to take the land. We can do this thing. I'm telling you. But they were outvoted by the rest of the gang, and the children of Israel didn't enter in to the promised land. And their punishment was all of them would have to wander around in the wilderness for the, the remainder of 40 years until they all died. And only two would be able to enter into the promised land. That was Joshua and Caleb. I don't know about you. I don't want to wander around in the wilderness my entire life and never enter into the destiny God has for me or enter in, into the things God has for me in my life. I want to believe God, accept His Word over my life, accept the good report of Jesus into my heart, and move on in to the things of God. How do you develop a warfare mindset? Second thing I want to encourage you with is you need to use the tools that God has given you. You need to use the tools God has given you. God has given us many tools in the kingdom to fight with. First of all, He's given us the power of His Word. He's given us the power of His Word to fight with. Jesus used Bible verses, scriptures, when He was tempted of Satan and He won those temptations. He used the Bible. Jesus reached back into his Hebrew tradition and used those Hebrew verses to overcome Satan's attacks. You and I can do the very same thing. When Satan comes against us and brings his report, brings his negativity, we go back and we look at the Word of God and we let that rich Word of God come out of our souls and then we pray it back to the Father. We declare it and speak it into our lives and we hinge our faith onto the Bible verses that God has given us. There's a lot of talk about using things in incorrect context and proper hermeneutics, but I will tell you something. I just believe God gave us all the Bible, and we don't have to be so cautious in using this verse or that verse. We can just get in there and say, God, I declare your word over my life, Lord, and I believe it. I pray that into my life that the monks have been doing it for 2,000 years. The church has been praying the word for 2,000 years. Why can't we pray the word? Why can't we believe the word? When attacks come, Warfare mindset. Pull out the power of God's Word and use it. The second tool you have is the name of Jesus. Listen, if you're in the family of God, 
and you're born again, then you have a right to use the family name. You have the right to use the name of Jesus. We can pray in that name. There's authority in that name. The disciples cast out demons in that name, healed the sick in that name. We can use the name of Jesus as well. And it's not just magical, but it is powerful, and it has spiritual authority, and the demons recognize the authority in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You have the Word of God. You have the name of Jesus. I'm going to go old school on you here. I believe you have the blood of Jesus. You know, the old timers in the church that I came out of would plead the blood of Jesus. And I just believe we can. We can remind Satan, I'm covered in the blood. I've been sanctified by the blood. I'm washed in the blood. And that's your doom. That's your defeat is the blood of Jesus applied to my life. Hallelujah. I have something that they don't have access to. I have the power of forgiveness that was given through the cross of Christ. I have the name of Jesus. I have the word of God. I have the blood of Christ applied to my life. And finally, I want to say you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit at your disposal. Each of us are are to be a conduit by which the Holy Spirit can minister to other people. And listen, these are our weapons in warfare. Let God minister through you through the gifts of the Spirit. When you need direction, let Him speak a word to you. When you need faith, let Him give you the gift of faith. When you need wisdom, let Him speak a word of wisdom to you. When you need to pray and don't know how to pray, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, We don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes it intercession with us, for us, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Let the Holy Spirit pray through you. Use these as weapons as you go into warfare. Hallelujah. Look at yourself as a soldier. Look at yourself fighting for your spiritual victory in the name of Jesus. Then the final thing I want to encourage you with in developing a warfare mindset is never accept defeat. Never accept defeat. Just determine now, I'm not going to be defeated. Devil, you're not going to win this day. You're not going to win in my life. I'm the victor. I read the back of the book, and I win. I've already read how this thing ends, and the saints of God are standing before the Lamb, praising Him throughout eternity. The saints of God are at the the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. The saints of God rise up out of the graves and take on new form. That's me in the end. I'm going to determine that I'm not going to stop till I stand before His throne. Hallelujah. I'm going to press on and do what God's called me to do and develop this warrior mindset to where I know I'm going to win the victory in the end. Any great sports team enters the arena with the attitude that they're there to win. They know how to win. Great coaches know how to pull that victory out of their teams. And I'm telling you, that's what God wants from us in the spirit realm. You go and you fight and you don't give up. You pray and you pray the best. You don't go in and pray just a 30% prayer or a 55% prayer. No, you pray a 100% prayer. Like, you don't go to prayer and say, well, God, maybe you'll do this. I don't know. Maybe you're powerful enough. I don't know. Maybe if you would have mercy. No, I mean, go in and say, God, I know you can do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think. Now, God, I'm asking you to do the great stuff. I'm asking you to do the big things. I'm asking you.
you to heal my friend who's struggling with cancer. I'm going to ask you for a total miracle, Lord. That's where my faith is, and I'm putting it out before you. God, I'm going to ask for a financial breakthrough in my life. And God, I'm not going to relent. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop praying until you show up and you do this thing in my life. And I'm going to do my part, but I'm asking that you do what I can't do. And Lord, I'm praying for the salvation of all my family. I'm praying, God, that every single one of them comes in, and I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep praying as long as there's breath in my body. I'm praying a 100% prayer that you're going to do it and you're going to meet it, God. I believe you want all of them saved and I'm not stopping till I see every one of them come to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm not stopping. I determined years ago in my life that I wanted to see revival happen in my lifetime and I'm not stopping. I've been pursuing it. I've been chasing it. I've been in revival for probably 30 years uh, preaching revivals and I'm not stopping. That's That's where my faith is. It's where my prayers are and I'm believing God to do it. I see pockets of revival, but I'm looking for Him to send total revival. And let's not stop until we have total victory in our spiritual life. You know, maybe some of you are struggling with an addiction. And you've been serving the Lord, but it seems like this thing comes back. And it comes back. And it comes back. And you just can't shake it. Well, first of all, I want you to know what God has forgiven, He's forgotten. If He's forgiven it, then let it go. Let the guilt of it Let the shame of it go and just walk on. And then believe God. Pray again. God, take this thing from me and deliver me from it. Pray again that God visits you and touches you with His power and sets you free from this. Because you'll never get free if you stay in that mode of sulking and talking about how weak you are and how you can't make it and you'll never get over this and I'm not perfect and i got to sin a little bit every day. Get out of that mindset, man. Get out of that mindset and start praying. Get a warrior's mindset and believe, no, I'm going to win. I'm going to have total victory. I'm not relenting until this thing is broken off my life and I'm set free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Developing a warfare mindset, using the gifts you have. You know, Jesus didn't stop until he won the complete victory for you and I. He, did, he had many opportunities to take an exit and not, not go the route of the suffering servant that he was. You know, there's a, group of, there's a group of songs, really, in the book of Isaiah we call the suffering servant psalms. And Jesus is the ultimate messianic fulfillment of those psalms. And he didn't stop until he fulfilled everything God had sent him to do. He was God, but he was sent by God to destroy the works of the enemy. And he came to fulfill everything that he was supposed to do. So in the beginning, in the temptations in the wilderness, he had an opportunity to obey Satan and give in and take an exit ramp off of the suffering servant destiny. But he didn't do that. He kept pressing on. Even in John chapter 6, the Bible says Jesus fed the 5,000 in multitude by way of a miracle. And after that, they were desiring to make him king. So here was this temptation again. He could seize earthly power and take an exit ramp away from the suffering servant calling that he had, but he didn't do that. The Bible said he told his disciples, go get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. He dispersed the crowd, and then he went up into a mountain and went alone on that mountain to pray to the Father. Also in Matthew chapter 16, he goes with his disciples to Caesarea Philippi, And as they're there, they're walking around. 
And Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And they gave him, diff- they gave him different opinions. And then Peter stands up and Peter said, you know, you're the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And and I say, you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then just a few moments later, Jesus began telling them about how he must go into Jerusalem and suffer and die. And then Peter, the same one who just had this magnificent revelation, stands up and says, no, Lord, don't, don't ever say those things. Let it not be. And Jesus, again, I believe, recognized the temptation to take an exit ramp away from the suffering servant path and try to seize earthly power in the here and now. And he didn't do that. He looked at Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. And then finally, when Jesus is is, is entering into that passion, his death and his, his scourging and his trial, Before all that happens, he goes out of the upper room having the last supper with the disciples and he walks across the valley and goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. And there he's in this beautiful garden of these ancient olive trees and he's there and as he's praying, he's he's wrestling with this idea, do I now take an exit ramp? Father, if it be your will, let all of this cup, this cup of suffering and this cup of death, let it pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he didn't take the temptation to just walk away from it. He succumbed to it and he gave himself in to that suffering servant calling of his. And then what happens? He goes to Caiaphas, the high priest's house, for a trial. Then he goes before Pilate. Then he goes before King Agrippa. Then he's scourged and beaten. And then he's, he has to carry his cross all the way to the place of crucifixion. And there he gives his life. He gives it away. He gives his life as a sacrifice for you and I. And it became the sealing of defeat of the ruling archon, Satan himself. It became his death nail. It became the thing that pronounced the doom over the realm of Satan. And now people were being set free. Hallelujah. Judgment was upon the Son of God. In the middle of the day at noon, the Bible says the sky turned black. It turned pitch black for three hours. I believe it was a sign and symbol of the judgment of God coming upon the Son of God. But then three days later, Hallelujah. Three days later, the Bible says Jesus came up out of the grave. When the ladies came to anoint his body that morning, they looked for his body and it wasn't there because he had risen from the dead. And then he showed himself to his disciples. He showed himself to 500 others. The Bible said saints of old got up and walked around in the city. It was such an amazing event showing the victory had been won. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 that Jesus has been declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. So he overcame Satan, put the death nail in the kingdom of Satan. And yes, you and I are still fighting skirmishes with him. which Satan is still on planet earth for the meantime in his kingdom. But he's been defeated and now his ultimate banishment is coming when Christ returns. And we're awaiting that day. But now he's left you and 
I to do warfare. And he's given us the pronouncement of victory. And he's given us the tools to use in the here and now. So my friend, my brother, my sister, be encouraged today. I've read the back of the book and we win. Hallelujah. Your story in God's plan ends in victory. Your story doesn't end in defeat. Your story in God's plan ends in joy. It doesn't end in depression. Your story in God's plan is going to end in fruitful living and fruitful life, not in this barrenness. Hallelujah. God wants you to rise up and be who he's called you to be. Develop that warfare mindset. Say, no matter what people say, I'm going to believe God. No matter what my family's doing, if I'm the only one that's going to believe God, I'm going to believe God. No matter what the situation looks like, I'm going to praise him in the midst of the storm. No matter how much it, the circumstance pulls me back and tries to get me to depression, I'm going to rebuke that and I'm going to praise him in the middle of the storm. I'm going to give God praise because I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Hallelujah. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Praise God. Develop a warfare mindset and say this is, I'm not just accepting the status quo. I'm going to go to battle. You have some friends who need you. You have some people who are suffering who need you. They need you to be that voice of faith in their lives. They need you to be that person who's the one who's going to believe God when nobody else does. They need you to fight for them. They need you to be the person who believes in the supernatural, who believes in miracles. Listen, we have enough doubters in the world. We have enough depressing news in the world. Why don't you be the person that's bringing the joy? Why don't you be the person who's bringing the faith into the situation? You know, the world can make fun of us. People can make fun of us all they want to. But when there's a need in their life, they come running for somebody who really has a relationship with Jesus. They come running for someone who really knows the Lord. Why don't you determine this day, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be a winner. Hallelujah. The fight has been fixed. The fight has been fixed before we ever got into it. The game has already been rigged, and we win in the end. Hallelujah. We win in the end. Develop the mindset of a warrior in the spiritual things. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, he is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracle signs and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.